Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. Na 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 Birdman. Yeah. Okay. Birdman. This, <laughs> this was Birdman. more exciting the first time we didn't meet that. <laughs> they didn't need to know that. I think it's funny if they do. Okay. Good well, morning, Mita. <laughs> morning. How are you? Uh, I'm lively this morning. Yeah. I'm Blake Lively. We never do this in the morning, so I think we both have a little bit more energy than we usually do. But I yeah. think there's another reason. Oh, I wonder what it is. I wonder be. what it is. Mita, what happened this morning? This morning, Nadim. Yes. The Oscar nominations came out. They uh, did. They surely did. Yes. With with Jack Quaid and Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats, Beats. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just FYI, Mita and I actually did record our small talk for this episode previously. And then we yeah. realized it was coming out the day after Oscar noms. And we were like, oh, X that. We, we got to talk about this. Oscar noms, so that's like... why I wasn't especially surprised with Mita's na 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 Birdman. Yeah. Okay, let's just get into it. Okay. I know uh, wait, I know I what your know, big like, thought is. What was is. your setting? How did you watch? Because I sat in my bed. Oh, I good had, for like, you. I had a little notebook. I had an iced coffee. That's why I'm super exci- hi- yeah, hyper right you now. you got a little energy. Yeah. Um, it's different for me because I had to get my kids ready for school and daycare. So I like planned it out so I had everything done for them before 830. Yeah. Like everything I have to do individually, like brushing my daughter's hair and changing my son's diaper and like all of that, which usually I push till 830. So I got all of that done and then I just had to like cut some fruit and wash some dishes mm-hmm. so I did that with my laptop open unfortunately that's the life oh. and then I had to take my son to daycare and it was on YouTube on my phone and it followed me <laughs> with my <laughs> airpod in my ear so it was a but that's how it works the and data, I'm okay with though. that the data though it's okay phone. it's worth it for the Oscars it's it's true so that's uh, yeah so this yeah. is uh also to our listeners Meet and I are actually doing this virtually for the first time in, in forever so that's why the sound is going to be different. And then when we get to a review, it'll be different. Just FYI. Yeah. Okay. Thoughts? I, I'm i not like, there's nothing that I was like shocked. But what I will say, okay. So you had this great idea that we should do. How did you put it? No, no guns, no guts. Is that what was that? No guts, no glory. No guts, no glory. Yeah. Um, we should do no guts, no glory predictions for mm-hmm. what might happen. None of yours happened. No, but one of mine. Your, did. One of yours did, yeah. And it, I was very surprised when I saw it. Yeah, America Ferreira was nominated for best supporting actress. Yeah, which is great. Which is great. She's great in the movie. In yeah, Barbie. In case you were wondering, yes. but Barbie is an interesting one. Yeah, because no nomination for Greta Gerwig for directing. No, and no nomination for Margot Robbie for yeah. best actress. But but Margot does get a, a nomination for producer producing. for best picture. Yes. And Margot got uh, and Greta Gerwig got a nomination for best adapted screenplay. For adapted screenplay, yes. Yeah. Which also I didn't realize Barbie was considered an adapted screenplay. So I think that was a recent push or a recent move. I think it was meant to be an original and then the Academy moved it because it's, it's adapted IP? from a yeah because it's IP it's there's an it's based on an original IP which I understand it's kind of dumb but also but that's I the guess, character not it's the still, entire screenplay I know but it's still the Academy likes to do that kind of stuff and they've done it before they like to it makes sense with how they work but also like it's adapted off of an IP it's not like Greta created this doll who was big in America like it's mm-hmm. you have to like it you have to acknowledge that it is the movie is based on the fact that we know what Barbie is I don't agree right? with that but. Okay, Academy. <laughs> <laughs> but also, probably also why it got a nomination. Because it was considered adapted? Because I think that gave it a little bit more push. Original is always really full, and adapted mm-hmm. is tends to be a little bit more light. And okay. considering the fact that it wasn't in the top five, I imagine, I think this probably played well for it. Hmm. So, overall thoughts? Um, I... I, I I was just saying in my work Slack channel, I really love this year. Yeah, I really do too. Yeah. 
feels like a great year for films. Yeah. I love everything I've seen so far. There's only two Best Picture nominations mm-hmm. I haven't seen. Yeah. But out of all of them, I've seen all of them and I, I really enjoyed my experience with each Watching of them. Watching them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like, it does not, I feel like the last couple of years were kind of mm-hmm. somber and dead is the word, a bad word to use but it didn't feel like exciting and lively yes. and like i didn't have a lot of hope but this is just so it's like it was a great year for movies <laughs> it was an excellent year for movies and i think what's really great is that it's such a varied year like you have oppenheimer and barbie obviously mm-hmm. in there and then you have things that no one has heard of like anatomy past of a fall lives. past lives and anatomy of a fall and zone of interest that are like going to get a little bit more recognition now because they're best picture nominees and i think that's the real great thing about the Oscars is that it does open the doors a little bit to people who might not know these movies. People don't know those movies exist. No, those two don't. specific, those three specifically, people don't know they exist. And so, they should see. The, well, I haven't seen Zone of Interest, but they should see them. Yeah, they should. Yeah, uh, they should see all of them. Yeah. So, the big thing right now mm-hmm. is the Greta Gerwig snub and the Margot snub. Or quote-unquote snub. Yes, that's what the internet is going on about. That's what the internet is going on about. That's what your TikToks is going to go on about. I, I'm <laughs> curious to hear your thoughts. I For the Margot snu- snub, I kind of get it. I think it's a great performance. I think she mm-hmm. does a really great job in it. But I, um, I, if I was going to move anybody, I would probably move Annette Benning. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was. So my thing is, I've seen, I have actually seen all of the Best Picture nominees. I ha- the only ones I haven't seen are Rustin, so called mm-hmm. uh, Coleman Domingo. I haven't seen Nyad, and I haven't seen The Color Purple. Otherwise, I've been fortunate to see everything else in the top six categories or top seven yeah. categories, whatever they are. Nine? It's a lot of them. I bet I've seen them. And so I was going to ask you, since I haven't seen Nyad, what is uh, your thoughts on that one? Because the other really... four, to me, all deserve to be there. All the other four are I've seen them and like she is great. They are all great in their the respective roles. And Annette Benning is great in Nyad. Yeah. The thing with Nyad is like I watched it and I it's um it's a little underwhelming like as a film in itself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I walked away from it being like, Oh, she does a really good job in this movie. Yeah. And I but it wasn't until like after watching some like behind the scenes things, I didn't realize like how much goes into like the swimming aspect of that yeah. movie. Um, and you have, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Cause it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot of work that goes into what she does. And so I can understand wanting to like honor that and nominate her, mm-hmm. but I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's not anything that like, I know she's not going to win. No. And I think part of it could also be like, people want justice for Annette Benning because she has lost like two times to Hillary Swank. (laughs) So maybe that's why they just like want to push her in there. And I think, I think, and I know Margot Robbie eventually one day will be nominated again. Margot Robbie's going to win one day, like sooner than later. That's a foregone conclusion. So So maybe they're just like, let's try to get Annette in there. I don't know. But um, I don't know. I'm trying to think like if I have to compare the two, what is... The Not the two, because also left off the table that no one is talking about is Greta Lee. Oh, oh. Right? And like that specifically, like those women obviously can't do it because they're not Asian. It has to be an Sure, Asian it has to. Yeah, and good. I'm glad that that's finally the case. Yeah. Like, yeah. No one else can do that role except for an Asian woman. Yeah. Oh, I, I would put Greta Lee over Annette Benning if we're going to take out Margot. If, but okay, I think... Since I haven't seen Nyad, but based on what you're saying, I think I would put Annette Bening third, but Greta Lee or Margot Robbie in that last spot. Oh, that's a tough. That's tough. I'm leaning towards Greta Lee. It's such a tough year. I'll be honest. Yeah. For women. You're leaning towards who? I'm leaning towards Greta Lee. Yeah. I think Margot is amazing. I know you would. (laughs) Yeah. I love, because I love Past Lives and I liked it more than Barbie. I think, Mm. I think Margot is incredible in Barbie and she, she, carries that film as she needs to but Mm -hmm. that last scene with Greta Lee it still breaks my heart yeah it's so such a complex moment and she plays it off like it you you're watching that and you're like I know exactly what you're feeling even though it's so many things at once like it's such a it's it really is such a subtle simplistic performance and I wonder and this is Maybe a little reductive, but if Margot Robbie didn't look like Margot Robbie, would the performance have been as strong? 
like how much of how much of that confidence that is coming through in that performance is because Margot Robbie looks like she's a freaking Barbie. But she has to that character, she has to bring that. Yeah, she has to. Yeah, you're not gonna get like Sandra Uller playing Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Sandra Imagine. Uller can do no wrong. <laughs> that's part of the character and that's why it's yeah. good casting and but i think she's hot right but she lives up to it like it i people yeah, look she's at not sydney just sweeney hot. in that role oh I don't yeah, think yeah sydney yeah. sweeney could live up to it the way that margot robbie did yeah i will yeah. say though that i'm a little surprised that america Ferrera got in and margot robbie didn't i was very surprised yeah by that. it was I'm my really wild card guess wild card guess <laughs> yeah. and appropriately wild card and mm-hmm. i think she left like julianne moore like she yeah. took a spot that could have gone to someone. I think a, I love America Ferrera, and I'm glad she has an Oscar nomination to her name. Like full stop, period. But performance to performance, it's not the strongest. You and I didn't feel it was the best thing. I think a lot of people really held on to that speech, even though I don't know why they, they've heard it before. I've they've heard, heard it before. Yeah, I've heard it before. Yeah. But people love that speech and that moment, and it's meant something. And I'm wondering. Does this year, does the Academy have more women in it than it has in the past? Yeah, she said, they said at the beginning, 11,000 members. There you go. That's huge. I think that really resonated with people. And she does pull it off. Like, I've tried saying the speech. (laughs) (laughs) And she she pulls it off. Don't get me wrong. I think she was always in contention. But should she have knocked off women who were a little stronger? I don't know. Because Julianne Moore in May, December, it's good. It, Natalie Portman is the stronger. Natalie Portman two. is the stronger, absolutely. Yeah. You haven't seen it, but Sandra Uller in the zone of interest. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it. I would just say that I think America Ferrera is weird because when America Ferrera got nominated, I was just like, "Oh, Barbie's gonna go far," and then for it to miss out on those two, I was just like, "Oh, that's weird." That it is weird. It Director felt, is really weird to me. Let's talk about that. Yes, because I that movie. It's so many pieces and could go so, so, so wrong. Mm-hmm. And she does it. She does it well. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, maybe it goes off in, in some spots, but I think overall, like, it's well put together. It's also, I think, like, it says something when it's a billion dollar movie. Yeah, it's yeah, the for biggest sure. Biggest movie of the year. And, like, I, I think the director nomination should have been there. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. When people talk about snubs, there's this kind of like notion and like the internet is going to go wild today. And I would love to hear what TikTok has to say from you because I feel like that generation is so close-minded that Greta Gerwig didn't get nominated and suddenly everything is lost. But how many of these people complaining about Greta Gerwig's nomination are going to say, are going to have seen Anatomy of a Fall, Zone of Interest, Poor Things. They probably saw Oppenheimer. And they've mm-hmm. probably heard of Killers of the Flower Moon. And so from someone, you're the only one you haven't seen on that list is Zone of Interest. Yeah. So let's say that doesn't count okay. right now. Who are you taking off to put Greta Gerwig in? <laughs> right? They're all, yes. It, it, that's the thing. I don't, I think directing, there should be leeway with how many. If you're allowing 10 films... Mm-hmm. Then you should, should be directors. able, like, you don't have to do 10 directors, but you can have that rule again where it can be up to 10. Yes. I mean, okay. But it's not. Because the nomination <laughs> means something, too. The nomination like, I know we're means something, to see too. What yeah. The winner is, but the nomination is acknowledgement. And I think it's important to acknowledge people. But they are acknowledging people, right? Like, Greta Gerwig does have a nomination again for writing. Do you think, though, that, like, Again, we're talking about Greta Gerwig in this big way. What about Celine Song? That should be there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm, I'm saying, saying is... I fully believe, Academy, if you're listening. <clears throat> sure. <laughs> open up directing to 10. And you don't have to do 10, but open it up to 10. But Mita, it's not. So tell me that... <laughs> who are tell you taking off? Tell me who off? I'm getting rid of. Tell me who you're getting rid of. And that's my question to the, the, the internets. Is that... There's this, there's going to be this hubbub and they're calling it a snub and a big deal. But like at the end of the day, all those people who are like, Greta Gerwig was robbed. Have you seen the other films? Because let me say, as the, as the person who has seen all five films, she wasn't. Okay. But you feel that way about Barbie. 
but I'm not the only one. (laughs) That's the thing. And the thing is, is that I've seen all of those films. So I can say with some certainty that she's not the best. She she is not better than those five individuals nominated. I'm just curious. Do you think any of those five people could direct Barbie? (laughs) But do you think she can direct Oppenheimer or even Anatomy of a Fall? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it matters either way. I see what you're saying because there isn't anybody. I, I mean, I don't. I haven't seen Zone of Interest, so we're yeah. taking that out of contention there. But I do. Those four are very strong and like warranted. The only one that I feel like maybe Martin needs to learn to edit a bit more is the <laughs> one that I would put in competition. The other four, I'm sorry, there's no competition. She doesn't. She doesn't come close. It would be Martin. Yeah. Would be the one, and I just think. What yeah, he could edit a little bit more for sure. He could edit. I think they have I think they have very similar issues in their films. Like mm-hmm. he can edit a little bit more and her second half really loses steam. According and the thing about Barbie, I'll say, is though I know a lot of people gravitated towards it, but I have heard from a lot of people, men and women, who have called it okay. It is a oh um movie, but I think there is there's something about the actual fact that when it got made, yeah. like that's pretty crazy considering yeah. what it consists of. And when you like, to it. see all the the success of it and to see all those those things be put together. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's ho hum. I wouldn't say it's, I actually wouldn't say it's ho hum either, but I do think it falls a little of its expectation. Compared to like something yeah, like and I have said to you in my review of Poor Things, Poor yeah. Things is the better version of Barbie. Exactly. That was that was your Twitter version of the review, is that yeah. Barbie but better. Yeah. And I think that's accurate. I think it's... I see I, what I you're think, saying, but I would have liked to have seen it. I would have liked to see Greta's name there. Or... Sure. Celine. Or Celine. I think, I think we're not talking about Celine, and I think what she does is marvelous with past lives. Yeah. I think that was a little bit more of a, a reach because small movies like that never get recognized in that category. Yes. And I think it's amazing that Justine Trier got it a is, nomination. Yeah. And she does. And it's, that's, it's warranted. It's yeah. warranted. You really need to see that film. No two Leslie's this year. No like real left field, like crazy things. No, not really. No. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't like, again, Nyad is like a fine, it's fine, yeah. but like, was Jodie Foster that amazing in it that it warrants yeah. a nomination? <sighs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I th- and I think that's what it is. I think that I think best supporting is the weakest of the categories. I'd say, yeah. and Divine Joy Randolph is winning because she's won everything else. So yeah, it, she's it's kind of a for sure. Yeah. So I actually, I I maybe would remove the holdovers from Best Picture. Really? I don't think it would. Like it's I liked your it. It's not out of all of those. I haven't seen Zone of Interest and I haven't seen American Fiction, but I have a feeling I will enjoy both of them. I will. I, I'm super curious to see whenever you go. Also, whenever you see Zone of Interest, let me know because I'd like to see it again. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so let me know whenever you go. And uh, yeah. I think it's releasing wide this week. So it should okay, be good, good, at good. a theater closer to you. <laughs> um, yeah, I think out of those, the weakest for me would be The Holdovers. I know for you would probably Barbie. Yeah. But Barbie and the holdovers, I'd say. But I will say, before we move on, because we should, I think Barbie's nomination is important for the impact it had, for the box office success, for everything it stands for. Mm -hmm. I think everything you're saying, that it was a feat, the fact that it got made, it made a billion dollars, like all of those things, it deserves that Best Picture nomination. I think that would have been a snub and a travesty if it didn't get that. Greta Gerwig didn't direct the best movie of the year, though. Okay. <laughs> and we know, fo- I know she's not going to win, but I just would have yeah. liked to have seen the recognition. Okay. Martin's been recognized before, you know? But so has That's Greta. who I would remove. <laughs> so has Greta. For director? Yeah, for Lady Bird. Oh. Yeah. But Martin's been like... <laughs> Martin's Mar- Martin, I get that. Martin doesn't Martin's need Martin. another nomination to his name, but like... And I, yeah. I, Are we going to go in who we want to win or no? No, no, I think no, no. we're going to be posting that. And just to let our listeners know, starting today, we're actually going to be posting Mitha and I's top 10 favorite films of 2023. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with my 10, and then we will post Mitha's 10, and then we'll launch into our Oscar predictions. So it's going to be an uh, Instagram-heavy A full month of, of <laughs> Instagram, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But we're <laughs> excited to do that. And yeah, Oscar season. So last thing before we move on, what are we watching in March most likely? 
like what do you mean because we have to review this best picture winner from this oh, year. Oh, right. So what okay. are we reviewing at, in March? <laughs> oh, I I think we will be watching Oppenheimer. I think we will be watching Oppenheimer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's hard to ignore. I wonder, I know a few places are playing it again in IMAX. So I think if it's still playing in March in IMAX, we should go again. If it is, but I don't think so. Let's, well, if it in is. March. If it is. Let's we'll just put it out in the universe so if maybe it it'll is. happen. I'll absolutely go see it in IMAX again. Otherwise, you'll come over here and watch it in my theater. Because yeah. I don't think on a small screen Oppenheimer's going to work. I'm not watching it on my 60, like 54-inch TV. Yeah. Oppenheimer's <laughs> not going to feel that way when you watch no. it at home. Uh, okay, Mita, we're going to be yeah. talking about Oscars a lot for the next six weeks. Woohoo! Like but, we uh, haven't been. Like we haven't been exactly, but it's going to be a little heavier <laughs> right now. Mita, what did we watch this week? Oh, this week? <laughs> I forgot for a moment. Yeah. We watched the 2014 Best Picture yeah. winner, Birdman, mm-hmm. or also known as The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. It is The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Oh, Mita, okay. talk to me about what IMDb has to say about it. I sure will, Nadim. Tickety talks. The tickety tick. Chinese chicken? Okay. IMDb describes Birdman as the following. A washed-up superhero actor attempts to revive his fading career by writing, directing, and starring in a Broadway production. Okay. Yeah. Had you seen The Birdman before? I had seen The okay. Birdman before. At the time of release? I saw it after the win. Okay. Yes. That's what prompted you to see it. Yeah. I was, I'm still young in 20. You are still young. I'm 23. Yeah. I'm much more of a TV gal. Yeah, okay. I can tell you every episode of Gilmore Girls. Okay, okay. I know them by heart. Like, I wasn't, like, into the movies. Yeah, and yeah. I must watch what's All the movies. All the yeah. movies. I'll watch a good portion, but not all of them. Yeah. And so Birdman won. And I was like, okay, I'll check it out. Yeah. And I remember the time the hubbub was, like, the editing of this movie. Yeah. And I, at the time, believed that they had shot this. Oh, you actually believed that this was That they shot it shot. all in one single wow, shot. okay. Yeah. Again, 23. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Different time. Just a baby, you yeah. know? And so what were your thoughts when you first saw it? When I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is that's really interesting. And that's really cool that you would be able to shoot yeah. an entire film in this one sequence. And like... The pace of this movie really threw me off because I hadn't really experienced anything. Yeah. So like, jazz boom, but a boom, literally, yeah. it's following jazz yeah. music. Yes. And I actually remembered like enjoying it yeah. and thinking like, oh wow, like this is this is saying something. Yeah. This is something new and different. It's unexpected. Yeah. It is the unexpected virtue. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it is absolutely amazing. I also was very attracted to the meta. Of this, yeah. of that, like, Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton, if you don't know, he was Batman he once upon a time. He is a man who is trying to revive his career in a way as yeah. well, and having played a superhero in the past, is now in this film playing a man who's trying to revive his career as a former superhero. Yeah. It was just very meta. Also, the Edward Norton of it all, of just being, like, a very difficult actor yeah, to work yeah, yeah. with and, like, people having to yeah. work with him. And I remember thinking of, like, oh, wow, that really, like, pertains to the celebrity and to the culture yes. aspects that I really, really loved at that time. Yes. Now, I'm older. Wiser, some may say. Yeah. Not all, no. but some may say. Yes. I really did not enjoy this. Really? <laughs> I I enjoyed parts of it. Okay. I enjoy I enjoy all the women in this. Okay. While watching it. But I felt like this dragged on KK. too much. Even though it is at a fast pace, yeah. it felt very long to me. Yeah. At one point I was 20 minutes in and I paused just to check. And I was like, oh, I'm only 20, 20 minutes in. I yeah. feel like I've watched an hour of a yeah. movie right now. And I was just like, wow, I'm a little <laughs> thrown off. Because yeah. I did remember really enjoying it mm-hmm. nine years previously. But now, not the... I don't know if maybe it's my attention span. Ooh, you and your TikTok. Me and my TikTokies yeah. just want like all the things right then and there. Yeah. And I can't really like enjoy something that is stretched out. But the things that I liked from nine years ago, I didn't enjoy now. Okay. That's not to say I still didn't enjoy the film. Yeah. But I just, I had a different experience watching it. Yeah. What about you? So I saw it when it first came out. Yeah. And I saw it in theater. And I remember 
liking it, feeling it was super pretentious, mm -hmm. which it still is, mm -hmm. but liking it. And I like the meta nature of it. Yeah. I like that Michael Keaton has, was having a comeback in a super artsy film. Yeah. After, like post Batman kind of thing like that meta nature of it was really clever mm -hmm. I loved the editing pattern yeah. or, or the non-editing pattern or the fluidity of the film I did think it was again very full of itself mm -hmm. but I was kind of okay with that I liked how it was kind of doing things yeah and I I liked it I've seen it once or twice since then and then I watched it again now and when I watched it again now I actually watched this before 12 Years a Slave because oh, I was just like, I can't. Confused? Yeah, no, I oh. didn't. I actually was like, I need a moment to yeah, get into before. 12 Years a Slave. So I was like, let's start this. And I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I really actually had. You loved it. I had a different appreciation and understanding. It didn't feel as heady or as pretentious this time. Mm -hmm. I'm older Not much older. It's only like nine years older, but that's actually a lot, actually. Well, actually, when I think about it, though, it's like I'm kind of around the age that you were then when you yeah. first saw it. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So I watched it, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll like it in nine years. <laughs> I watch it now, and I think... So I watch it now, and I, as a writer in a pursuit of an art, actually was like, oh, I actually can identify it with a lot of what you know, the big big overarching themes of Birdman are, like the, the, the feeling to want to do something important with your life, the feeling mm -hmm. to matter, the feeling to create art that is important and not just frivolous, yeah. despite how successful for the frivolity of it all might be. Maybe also for you specifically, like the disconnect of social media, because I, yeah. I thought of you so much. There was, there was some things that I was just like, oh, I... I really connected <laughs> yeah. with this, this. I really connected with it this time uh -huh. a lot. And his, I understood also the, 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 I think at the time I kind of glossed over his superpowers. Yeah. Because it comes out of nowhere and you can't really connect it. And now I was just like, oh no, he's just special at something he can't show. And so as like, it's kind of just trying to say that we all have our superpower, mm. whether we are know it or not, we're all special for different reasons. And like, and which is such a hokey thing, yeah. but the movie does it so sophisticatedly. Yeah. And so interestingly, it's a really interesting film to watch. It is interesting. Yeah. Yes. The uh, performances across the board are, are interesting. Yeah. Edward Norton is a douchebag and is meant to be to a, a douchebag. Douche he does it's, it very well. He does it very well. <laughs> A douchebag that you're also, like, mildly attracted to and for some reason. Sure, you, yes. you do you, Mita. I, <laughs> I also found it funny and, like, charming, and I I really enjoyed it. And I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I really am harping on the pretentiousness of it all, Because, though. okay, what I will say about the pretentiousness of it is that while I did connect with it, and while I did feel I like I understood the movie better not just necessarily from a cerebral place but from a connection place like I feel like I actually understood the character and like what what was kind of going on it's still so full of itself mm. and I think that's less the movie and more Alejandro Inarritu of him being full of himself yeah he's oh. so annoying <laughs> Tell us more about him. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, even the fact that it's called Birdman or the unexpected virtue of ignorance, just, like, shut up. Yeah. Like, just call it Birdman. Because, why like, do you need why that? do you need the subtitle? Mm -hmm. Like, no one cares. And that's, like, I, I, I get it. It's uh, the, the, the subtitle is a comment on the film the same way that, like, the review is a comment. Like, I get it. I get it. We don't need to... It's spoon-feeding something pretentious to us. For the sake of pretension. and It makes that, your audience feel stupid. It makes your audience feel stupid <laughs> when the themes are heady enough as they are. Yeah. And I feel like Inaritu has this tendency of just like... Can I've, you remind me of some of his films? Yeah. So his filmography is pretty small. He did the Mexican movie uh, Amores Peros. Never seen. Uh, you should. It's interesting. Okay. He did 21 Grams. Not seen. Which is also interesting. <laughs> and then he did Babel, which we talked about. He's done uh, Beautiful, spelled oh, yeah, with, with Javier. Javier Bardem. Birdman, he did The Revenant. Okay, yeah. Uh, and he did a movie called uh, Bardo False Chronicles of a Handful of Truths. Like, what the hell is that even? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Nadim has some real gripes. The thing is, <laughs> I've seen Amoris Perro, 21 Grams. I've seen actually his entire filmography, except Beautiful. And 
we'll talk about The Revenant next year or next week. But I do find, and the thing is, Amores Pero and 21 Grams and Babel are meant to be a part of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Amores Pero is about three interconnected stories that uh, join at a car crash. Okay. So uh, crash. <laughs> no, but much better than that. It's actually really good. And there's a Hindi movie that copies it called Yuva. Oh. Um, it's very interesting and it's very well done. 21 Grams is a story about... It's a really interesting story about a woman who... I forget. She loses her husband. She's a widow. And she has a, starts having an affair with the man who killed him or something. It's something like that. But it's told completely non-sequentially. I like that story. <laughs> but it... Is told completely non-sequentially. Okay. So it's edited. I don't. I it's. I don't remember what the function of the editing pattern was, but he does these. He's trying super, to be yeah, super pretentious things. Do they feel like kitschy? Yeah, yeah, that's my thing. It feels kitsch. It feels like gimmicky. Because that's how I felt on the second viewing. Yeah. The first time I watched it, I kind of subscribed to it, and I also was. I had at that point been told this is the best picture of the year. And like I, fully, you believed it. I fully admit yeah. before, like I just believed what the Academy yeah. used to tell me. But in this viewing, I don't know. I think I watching all of these past films have made me a little bit more jaded. And so I was trying to watch this and thinking, like, okay, was this like the greatest? The greatest was this yeah. as yeah, good yeah, as yeah. I remembered it being? I think it does wear off for me the second time around because I know what I yeah. am getting myself into. The first time it was very unexpected to yeah. be following them in this sequence to be like experiencing things very just sort of like like jazz yeah. but i expected it this yeah. time and so it just sort of lost a lot of its shine for me mm-hmm. and i but what i did really was attracted to were the three females in this movie so you have um naomi watts who plays like an actress in the play with mm-hmm. michael keaton who's going through her own sort of like existential crisis of being an actress wanting to make it wanting to have a name for herself you have andrea risenborough to leslie Leslie. to leslie is in this not playing leslie naomi watts plays leslie i I got so confused (laughs) (laughs) and she is like having an affair with michael keaton's character and like wants the recognition from him and then you have emma stone who is my favorite in this, yeah, yeah. playing his daughter who has suffered from substance abuse yeah. and still wanting the attention yeah. of this man. And like... You also have Amy Ryan. As oh, well. yes. Yeah. In that one little... Yeah. And it's a very good scene, yeah. that Amy Ryan. But I really... I loved all of those. I don't mean to jump to sequel prequel, but like that's what I want wanted more yeah. of. I really did not relate to Reagan... Regan? Regan. Regan? Yeah, I don't... It's... Michael Keaton. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't... I wasn't latching on to anything yeah. with him where I was just like, I feel for you. Yeah. I can understand this sort of, like, crisis that you're having yeah. mentally. Yeah. Part of me is just like, just suck it up. <laughs> or, like, why do you need to do this huge yeah, yeah. play? You were Birdman. Yeah. Like, just own Birdman that. 3. Yeah, or exactly. Four or whatever it was. What I find so interesting, though, because it is so meta, it's so crazy to me to think then a few years later, Michael Keaton's other big movie that he does is Spider-Man Homecoming, yeah. where he plays the villain. Yeah. That is a Birdman. Yeah. <laughs> that's literally... Like, I think that says so much more about Michael Keaton than yeah, anything else. Yeah. Um, so I have a new appreci- appreciation for Keaton. Mm-hmm. But for Regan, no. There's mm-hmm. nothing in that character that I, I feel for. And yeah. I think by the end of this film, you're supposed to sort of, like, understand his mentality or his suffering in some way that he would choose to do what he does. Yeah. I don't... Should I... We spoil Yeah, yeah I think... He kills himself. No, he no? doesn't. He shoots off his nose. No, but at the end with the window. Oh, no, he doesn't kill himself. You don't think he kills himself? No, he flies off. She sees finally what he's capable of. <laughs> I'm really mad. He jumped out the window. But he can fly. <laughs> can he though? No I, I think so. He really? I, yeah. You think he can But she fly? looks up. She looks down to look and can't find him, so she looks up. I don't think he kills himself. Okay. <laughs> I think he kills himself. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's up for interpretation. Uh, yeah. I don't think he kills himself. <clears throat> okay. I do. I, I obviously, she has big eyes, so I can tell she looked up. <laughs> she has very big eyes. She does. Yeah. But I, oh, I also think that, I don't know if he's flying, though. I think maybe, I don't know. I just feel like it makes more sense. 
for him to kill himself. Especially because he just shot his nose off. But why would he kill off. himself? He just shot his nose off, But too. why would he he's want to kill himself? He's clearly in that mindset. Of killing He's never himself? going... He's so worried about the reviews of this thing. He's so worried about this play and, like, trying to do something more. I think that really is putting pressure on him. And then his wife admits... He admits to his wife to the fact that he did try to kill himself before when she saw him having an affair. Yeah. So, like, clearly there is a history there. I and I think that's there for a reason. I think that's more hopeful to me. I think that's an interesting way of looking at it. Like, I don't deny that. But to me, I feel like, to me, the way I interpreted it as that he's finally willing to show his true self. Mm -hmm. Like, he's, like, the the fact is, is that he wasn't able to find that success or that peace because he was kind of hiding this part of who he was. And then only when... Like, he, I think he was... He got the reviews he wanted, he got the success he wanted, and then he was kind of able to finally accept who he was and accept everything that the good and the bad that comes with him. But I I also think he is the kind of person, regardless of what he has, he's going to be unhappy. Hmm. This is interesting, right? Because I feel like two very interesting polar opposite interpretations of the same ending. Yeah. I think it says more about us as individuals (laughs) than the movie. Which is weird because typically we're the opposite. Yeah. I'm more of the optimist. Yeah. And I'm way more pessimistic. Yeah. Or at least a little bit more dark. Maybe we're just in different places right now. <laughs> Maybe, but that is really telling. Did we actually. Freaky Friday? <laughs> Did, but that is really telling. Yeah, and I think you have to give a movie that is like that causes conversation, that causes kind of just like uh, discourse about like what it's trying to say. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm just trying to think of it from your. I can see where that comes in i don't know why i'm feeling like this should be so realistic though i'm having i guess i had a hard time buying into and i'm also trying to remember what did i think at the initially i think initially i just had no clue so let me ask you then if he did jump out what is she looking up at his soul but not him like i just felt like it was more symbolic than actually something like you think maybe he jumped out she sees the body and then she's looking up at heaven yes but then also she understands like her being someone who suffers from substance abuse obviously that's something that like you're trying to control the negativity that's in your life and so sometimes you seek out vices like that a lot of those people can be suicidal. So I think if anyone's going to understand... His, She's going to be. Yes. Yeah. And so maybe her seeing, oh, he he did it. He did what he wanted. Because she's also just seeing him in a hospital bed from shooting his face off. Yeah. She's thinking he did what he wanted to do. And is looking up, hopefully, of like, he got to where he wanted to be. Interesting. Yeah. Should we ask Emma? Should we ask <laughs> Emma? Well, not Emma. Emma's going to say too. that he's flying. <laughs> you think Emma's, that, that's what Emma's saying? Yeah. Maybe. I think so. She seems a little easy. <laughs> Emma or the character? Both. <gasps> do you not like Emma? No, I actually do. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? Emma was in La La Land, so yeah. like, Emma gets a pass. Let's talk about Best Picture. Okay. This is an interesting choice for Best Picture. Because it is. It's kind of out there. It's kind of out there. It's really heady. Mm -hmm. So why do we think it won? Can you tell me who else was not? I absolutely can. (laughs) Yeah. We have American Sniper. Mm. We have Boyhood. Mm. Have you seen American Sniper? No. Have you seen Boyhood? Yes. Have you seen The Grand Budapest Hotel? No. The Imitation Game? No. Selma? Yes. The Theory of Everything? No. And Whiplash. Whiplash? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, I know what my best picture is. <laughs> it's Whiplash. It is Whiplash. Yeah. Whiplash is, like, is stunning. Yeah. Whiplash it's is great. Honestly, like, a perfect movie yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't love Miles Teller. No. But I love Whiplash. Yeah. I'll give you that. You don't think Miles Teller's hot? I actually don't yeah. uh, fall into that camp. I'm not, okay. like, hot for Miles. He is... <laughs> hot? The male Hilary Swank. And no. No? No, no. He is... People think... People say he's hot people categorically? People he's hot categorically, yeah. Oh. Yeah, especially after Top Gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> even but with a mustache. Even with a mustache. A porn stash. He's not male Hillary Swank. No. No, no. Do... Male Hillary Swank is Killian Murphy. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I can see that. And I am in the camp of he's hot. He's hot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
do we know why the Academy voted for this as their number one pick of the year? It's really interesting to me. It Because if not this, then what? Imitation? No. Well, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen many of these, so I'm not really in the boat to Because when we it. look at Best Director, mm-hmm. which would be these, our second tier, we have Alejandro Inarritu, who won for Birdman. We have Wes Anderson for the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. We have Richard Linklater for Boyhood. We have Morton Tildum for The Imitation Game and Bennett Miller for a movie called Foxcatcher. I have never seen Foxcatcher. Oh, you should see Foxcatcher. I think it would be up my alley. Yeah, it's, it's true crime. Yeah, it's true crime. Yeah. And it's a really interesting story. Mm. But those are your top five. So you're looking, those are your, probably your five. See, this is interesting because Foxcatcher has Best Director but no Best Picture associated with it. Yeah. Which I find super interesting when that happens. It, like, it's not ten, is it? Yeah. Oh, it is 10. Oh, okay. it was... No, it was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Yeah, so they have two more spots. Yeah, they do. Why didn't they... Interesting. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. I like Foxcatcher, so I don't know what this looks like. But Birdman won both of these. When last year, a movie like 12 Years a Slave had a split with Gravity. Hmm. I mean, from a directing standpoint, I think... Sure. There's a lot in yeah. Gravity that you have to... It's literally gravity you have to overcome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a lot of movie to take on. Yeah. And he does it so well. It's pretty, like, those, the the sequence itself in space is pretty flawless. So, like, I I can understand. About gravity versus 12 year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But in but, terms of. But in terms of this, I, Boyhood stands out to me because. So Boyhood was, I think, number two on a lot of people's lists. It's such a dedication yeah. of time. Yeah. To, like, it's 12, from 12 years. to 18, or is it? No. It's, it's from 6 to 18. 6 to 18, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is like crazy. It's wild. To go back every single year to shoot a little bit of something, to write a little bit of something, to mm. have those actors committed. To adapt your movie for 12, 12 years, years based on what this boy has been experiencing. Just like gravity is a feat. Yeah. Boyhood is a feat. Is a so. feat. What if Patricia Arquette died? What if someone died, <laughs> yeah. but he would have just written it into his movie? Yeah. yeah. It's like. Sorry, I don't mean to put that on Patricia Arquette. No, 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 but it's, <laughs> but it's a reasonable question. 12 years is a long time, and I think... That's 12 years is like, no. <laughs> but I will say that the thing about Boyhood is... Because at the time, I think it was between the two of these. Yeah. And if you're voting for Birdman, your number two is Boyhood and vice versa. Like Boyhood I'm, fits the bill of, like, what's most approachable, though, as well, because I can't... Uh, well, most approachable for the general public. More I, than this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think the Academy would definitely go see something like Birdman. Yeah. Just because, like, it has the talk. But if I'm thinking of, like, what's a movie that overall is going to have, like, some sentiment towards it, yeah. Boyhood speaks more to me. It's not as meta. It's not as, like, no. thought-provoking, I guess. Yeah. It's not as pretentious. Like, the idea, saying it out loud of, like, I'm going to shoot a movie for 12 years to yeah. encapsulate a, someone's childhood sounds super... Um, it sounds pretentious. It sounds pretentious, yeah, yeah. but Richard Linklater is so grounded in all of his directing yeah. that, like, when you watch it, you you don't... You, you forget that that's literally what he did. Yeah. Like, you just feel like you're following this yeah. person. And even though you're seeing the same person age, it's just like, oh, they just got an older actor. Yeah. No, it's him. It's, it's him. the boy. Yeah. Into the hood. Into the hood. Yeah. And it's so, I, just talking about it makes me appreciate it so much yeah. more. Like, I actually think that that's a better film than Birdman. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think Boyhood is a great film, and it's a feat of a film. Like, yeah. that is dedication, and that is a film that is directed. Like, more than anything, yeah. it was incredibly directed, because, again, tw- I don't think you understand, or, like, I don't think p- the average person really gets that, like, 12 years to commit to that yeah and to come up with like a reasonable semblance of an actual plot line yeah and to have your actors all of them be consistent in their characters and like their performances that's, that's and at one point work. the the sister in this is played by his daughter and i think at one point she didn't want to do it anymore yeah. and he had to convince her to yeah, yeah of course or yeah. he would have had to kill her off yeah <laughs> and then that would have changed the trajectory of the entire movie yeah. like that's it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I will say that Boyhood is a well-planned 
and well-executed experiment. Yeah. But it's still an experiment. But it paid off. The hypothesis works in that, I feel like. Yeah, but I think the thing for me about Birdman is that it's still saying something. Like, there's still a defined thesis in it. Mm -hmm. What is the thesis of boyhood? That's a good question. (laughs) Right? Like, that's kind of... We're just trying trying to... It's it's adolescence. It's adolescence. And I think when you think about films that talk about adolescence, they're usually not this well made. Like, they're... Silly little teen movies. Yeah, coming of ages. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Or like, it, they, it's thing, like even good ones, like something like The Spectacular Now is yeah. actually like pretty decent. Yeah, it is. But that's never going to get nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. And like, it's the sheer effort that's in Boyhood that like really stands out for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think Boyhood is one of a few hun- best picture winners that has a perfect score. Boyhood? Yeah. Winner? Sorry, no, movies in general. Okay. Yeah, I just want to see the it Metacritic score. has a perfect score. what? Rotten? Metacritic score. Oh. It's 100. I subscribe to that. That is. I often, when I look at the meta, I know you love Metacritic scores. I prefer Metacritic score. I, I personally hate all rating systems, but anyway. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That's but when I look at Metacritic, I'm also like, I don't know if I necessarily yeah. agree with all of them all of the time. But that one makes sense to me. Yeah. It's really hard to slight that. To have somebody who's committed 12 years of their life and like while like it's not the most compelling story, it is a story that I think so many people can relate to. I don't have divorced parents. I don't have parents that were like in a domestic violence yeah. situation, but they're, what he does portray yeah. makes me understand it so much more. I think it's all very commendable, mm-hmm. but is it the best picture? For me, it is. in 2014... Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with that over. And do you want to know the irony of this? I didn't see Boyhood until much later. And the reason why I didn't see Boyhood is because I thought it was going to be pretentious. Okay. In that thought of like, let me follow somebody for 12 years. But then now it's the reverse. Birdman is so pretentious. And Boyhood is is so grounded. So why did the Academy vote for Birdman over Boyhood? Maybe they just wanted to seem fancy. <laughs> Maybe, do you know what I mean? Every now and then they're just like, huh, let's like... Because they usually pick the most digestible thing. Yeah. Let's be honest. Boyhood is more digestible than Birdman. And of this list, the imitation game is probably the most digestible. Mm-hmm. Even the theory of everything is pretty, like, pedestrian. Do we think that they also maybe wanted to buy into the idea of, like, let's get Michael Keaton on to some sort of, like, a comeback? But... There's too many people to have that kind of linear thought. But they have so many linear thoughts. What do you mean? Like, they're so often like, we're going to give it to the King's speech because it's like a a hero story for, like, a white man. <laughs> but I don't think that's the prevailing thought. Mm. Like, I think the King's speech wins because, and it wins over the social network because it's the more digestible film. I don't think the academy is. I don't think the academy says anything with their choices. You don't think they're all saying like we all want a hooray for Michael Keaton? No. Okay. I don't know. It's a tricky one. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's about art and movie making, and yeah. I think it's you're talking to an audience that is full of people who have felt this. Mm. I think that's the biggest part. I think it's it's, of it's wanting to attain something so. Great. Yeah, I think people other. Movie people, other art creators, other yeah. creators are like, yeah. I like, th- it speaks to that type of person. And you have a room full of those people. I think the reason why I'm so jaded. And, sorry, just to clarify. And it does it well. Yeah. Why I'm so jaded. Yes. I think I'm at a point personally where, like, I know I'm not in a profession where, like, I want to attain something. Sure, Like, yeah. I have a job, and it's my job. It's not my career. It's not something I'm extremely passionate about. And yeah. I'm, like, fully comfortable with, with that. With that, yeah. That I have just, like, a job I go to, and I leave at the end yeah. of the day. I have, like, outside hobbies and things yeah. that I like that are more uh, passionate for me yeah. than my actual work. So I think I... Maybe I'm not relating to that aspect yeah, yeah. of it, of like always wanting to attain something yes. and never being able to achieve it. Yeah. Whereas I think you yeah, yeah. can relate to that. That's a big that. thing for me, yeah. yeah, personally. Yeah. Huh. 
Do you have sequel prequel ideas? I mean, I'd like to know what happens with Emma Stone yeah. always. Well, now we want to know what happens with Michael Keaton. Did he die? Yeah, we really just need to know. Okay, even if he could fly, though. Yeah. How long do you think he's lasting in the air? Well, I mean, that's not the point. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to come around the idea. Maybe yeah, he yeah. flew out of there. But he's not. But I also think that he flew and he escaped. I think that's what it's trying to think, that he was finally free. Free? Yeah. But what's he going to do? I don't know. But he's free. He's free. free. Also, I would like to know what happens with Andrea Risenborough's character. She goes on to do two Leslie. (laughs) Could you imagine if that's what she is, Andrea Risenborough? She's Andrea Risenborough. And she had an affair with Birdman. Yeah. And then she wound up doing W.E. and two Leslie. Two Les. One of the best pictures Kate Winslet has, best performances Kate Winslet has ever seen in her life. I will never understand what happened there. Somebody paid somebody. Yeah, there was some definitely money going around. Maybe there's like another Kate Winslet in SAG or something that we don't know about. Yeah. And it's that Kate Winslet. Just like Kate Winslet, you've done better performances than that. Yeah. yeah. She was no Gungubai. Like, I don't yeah. understand why we tried to hype this up. But yeah, to Leslie. To Leslie. I will always follow her. <laughs> I'm going to go into my rating. Okay. Should yeah. you though or should I? Because it's me. Is it? I yeah. thought it was you. I just read the IMDb Discro. Oh, Thank you yes. very much. Oh my god, Samita. God. Stop trying to follow me. Get... What? <laughs> You're trying to steal god. my thunder. No. God, Mita. You, you are that. Edward Norton and I am Michael Keaton. Excuse me if anyone is Michael Keaton <laughs> in this conversation. <laughs> you are too Leslie. Go. I am too Leslie. Oh, gosh. Thank you for this Academy Award nomination. (laughs) Okay, Birdman, The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. I always forget this title. Yeah. It's quite long-winded. So I just stick with Birdman. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I know I've expressed my distaste for the Birdman. I think I am harping, harping, focused on the things I didn't like because I did really enjoy it that first time. I really thought it was like an escape the first time I saw it. I thought it was something new and interesting and cool. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of that is lost in the second viewing for me. And so I kind of focused on the negative things that I didn't like. I can agree that this in itself is also a feat. Yeah. While it wasn't shot all in one sequence, (laughs) it is believable enough to for me at 23 to think that that's how this was Mm -hmm. made um and to really like buy into that idea that this is one person's like few days of their life yeah all together in one and i think that that in itself is pretty impressive performances in this Mm -hmm. are all top tier at no point am i doubting any person but i and and what i will say is you and i do have very opposite ideas of what's actually going on here and what's happening and i think that in itself is impressive typically with uh, the best picture winners we've seen everything is very spoon fed and direct and like you're not you're not thinking about what a movie is telling you or you don't have very polar opposite ideas of what has actually happened in a film and that in itself is very virtuous mm-hmm. Vir- virtuous virtuous not fortuitous no. that's not a word i think fortuitous <laughs> and it's not but it is virtuous it's virtuous yeah. thank you i don't know english no. um but it is very virtuous Vir- <laughs> there's a lot of virtue there yeah um and as we're discussing it, I'm really coming to terms with that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that does. If I'm looking at, does it deserve Best Picture? I think it deserves it. But in my mind, yeah. in my heart, I would give it to Boyhood. Boyhood, I was so against watching it at the time. I really yeah. didn't, I wasn't as familiar with Richard Linklater. And after we watched the Before Sunset and Sunrise series, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I really opened myself up to him as a director. Yeah. And I watched Boyhood for the first time and I was... Flawed. Oh, so you only recently saw Boyhood? Yeah, only in the last three years. Yeah. And I was really amazed by him. He's a really good director. And I think that is one of the few times he he would probably have a film nominated. So it does make me a little sad that it doesn't have the win. Yeah. And so I do believe that Boyhood is the best picture of this year. That doesn't mean that Birdman doesn't deserve its win. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So you would kind of vote for Boyhood one. Maybe Birdman too. Yeah, out of what all about of those. Whiplash? That's so hard. Yeah. 
Maybe Birdman 3. Okay. Maybe. Whiplash is so good, Nithy. Yeah. It literally gives you whiplash. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just like, what? Yeah. He was like, okay, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it. Go watch Whiplash. I forgot about it. Yeah. Whiplash 2. Boyhood. Whiplash. Birdman. Birdman. But Birdman, but I would be happy with any of those yeah. three. I think this is a rare time when it's not so, like, clear cut. Yeah. Which is interesting because when you read out those nominations, you don't think, like, these are such compelling films. Of yeah, the year. or, like, typically Academy are, like, nominated winning films. Yeah. The list sounds lackluster, yeah. but it's not. It's not. It's very high achieving films. Yeah. Um, that are very direct and to the point, all three of those. Yeah. So. Kudos to the year 2014. It's Mm -hmm. actually a pretty tough year to be getting to. But back to Birdman. I I see all the faults and I see all the good. Yeah. And so I, in this viewing, I think currently I'm just like in a more jaded point of view. Maybe I'll watch it in a couple of years and I'll have a different experience. Who knows what's to happen. Currently, I'm at a three and a half. Okay. Yeah. I yeah three and a half yeah yeah okay there you go it's super interesting mm-hmm. because as you've been talking I've been trying to think of how I felt about it when we watched it ten years ago yeah and I'm having this feeling that I preferred Boyhood then I remember really liking Boyhood and I remember really respecting Boyhood for what it had achieved yeah and I think for that same reason. It was 12 years. It's, it's a consistent, it's a great story. Like, like all the things I've already said. But I remember, I think, rooting for Boyhood over Birdman, but expecting that Birdman was going to win. Yeah. Now I feel different. Oh. And I think at the time I would have voted for Boyhood 1, probably Wish Blash 2, and then Birdman 3. And I think now I would put Birdman 1. Still Whiplash 2. Yeah. Boyhood 3. Oh, interesting. And I think the difference is, is that I think Boyhood is an incredible feat. I think it's 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 everything we've said. It deserves the kudos. It deserves, you should watch it. It's a it's really something interesting to watch. Yeah. And to be like, this guy made this over 12 years. You see the changes in what the camera looks like. Like it's 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 crazy to think of like how he did it and what he achieved doing it and how he did it consistently. And at the same time, how it still has something to say about adolescence. It's really impressive. At the end of the day, I do find it... Look, I haven't seen it since. I find it a little gimmicky. In theory, it would have to be at this point because I haven't experienced it since. Watching Birdman at the time, I felt it was a little pretentious and a little self-indulgent, albeit incredibly well-made and very consumable. Watching it now, I really connected with it mm. on a different level. And I know that's such a, like, pretentious thing to say in and of itself. That, like, oh, I really connected to this art. It really... It's also felt seen. No, but if your so. experience... That's your... Yeah. That's your experience. That's my experience. And that's... A, I think that's the reason why this one best picture. Because I think a lot... I think if you're an artist or if you're a creative or if you're someone who is in a field where you are required to bear yourself in some way... Mm-hmm. That need for that to matter, I think, is really important. And the conversations about, like, art and you're a celebrity, you're not an actor, and are you making high art, are you making what is Birdman? Like, all of that stuff felt really like, uh, uh, but that existentialness is like, I think that's real. A lot of people actually face that. And so this feels less cheesy. It felt a little bit more true to form. That said, Inaritu is just insufferable. I really, he's a good director, yeah. and like I have to give him this, but I just find him as a director insufferable. Yeah, I find how he directs very over the top, and I would like to see someone a little bit more artful do it, because I think he kind of taints it for me, because I can't take him out of it, and that should never happen. I also. When I was in film school, I met someone who was in Mexico, who lived in Mexico, mm-hmm. and he knew people who had worked on the set of Beautiful. Yeah. And Inaritu apparently doesn't know what he's doing when he gets to set. And he'll, he just films 
for like hours and he does multiple takes from multiple angles and then he'll just edit it together mm -hmm. rather than going in and being like i'm going to shoot you at a 45 degree angle this is the what i like not having literal direction yeah he doesn't direct that said this is directed like yeah. you got to have like they did rehearsal it's highly rehearsed sure. yeah. it's high yeah there's no way that you can achieve this without having to do that but it's the little things it's the fact that the subtitle for this is the unexpected virtue of ignorance like shut up like it like that's so it's so annoying and i think it especially bothers me now because i really liked this i really liked this film i really connected with it and if you just remove these little pretentious like threads it's actually so much stronger as a film mm -hmm. but he's got to like put them in there mm -hmm. and i think birdman itself and the meta-ness of it actually make it extremely con consumable. Like, yeah, if you are of a certain age, you get what he's trying to say. Yeah, just in just by on the surface level, you don't even have to dig you very deep. You know Michael Keaton yeah, is you know Batman. My, you know Michael Keaton is Batman. He's played a character called Birdman. You know what the movie's trying to say. Yeah, and as a result, it takes away that level of pretension. And then you gotta call it the unexpected virtue of ignorance. And like, I just I don't respect that. I don't like that. And I feel like. It's it's definitely trying to talk to like it's 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 inflating its sense of self rather than being a movie about art for people who like art. Yeah. So I battled a little bit where to go, but I am going to land on four stars. Four. Yeah. I enjoyed it. There you go. More than I thought it was going to. And I think I would have actually gone to four and a half if some of that pretension had leaked away from it. More Emma Stone. <laughs> I thought yeah. the acting across the board was great. The yeah. characterizations were great. Everyone, even Edward Norton, who is annoying. That's a meta take on mm -hmm. Edward Norton. Yeah, which that's is kind of probably which is, who he is. Exactly, I've heard that's exactly who he is. <laughs> but yeah, that was Birdman. There you go. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 Meet that before we go to next week. Yes. What have you got for me? Uh, the game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Nadim, last week you had me uh, attempt to connect yes. Pitch Perfect to Philomena. Yes. And I wasn't able to get there until after you told me one way and I made it faster. Okay. But this week, Nadim, yes. you're going to be connecting Philomena yeah. to a fellow Best Picture nominee mm -hmm. and apparently the highest grossing film of 2014, American Sniper. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a, I like looked that I'm up not okay and with that. looked at it twice and I was like, are you, am I sure about this? Yeah. I'm going to check a third time just to make sure that I read that right. Ugh, that's, that yeah. it was the highest. That rate. rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Oh, no, I read that wrong. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, no, wait. I'm looking at the wrong year. Is this 2014? I think so. I read that wrong. Because now I'm seeing that it's Transformers. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What was I crazy. reading for that? Know. That showed up. But anyways. Oh, wait. List of American films of 2014. Highest grossing films of 2014. It might have been one of. Yeah. Oh, it. Yeah. Uh, no, it's number one. American Over Sniper. Over Transformers? Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is second. What? The highest grossing American films released in 2014 by domestic box office gross. So how much did it make? Three hundred and fifty million. And how much did Guardians of the Galaxy make? Three hundred and thirty-two million. Wow, that's that's upsetting. so surprising. Yeah. And Transformers did two forty-five. But then, what's the list in that other thing I was looking at? The top ten films released by twenty fourteen by worldwide gross. Okay. Okay. So yeah, domestic. So the top. <laughs> Highest grossing film in the U.S. Yeah. for 2014, American Sniper. American Sniper. There we go. So, yes, Philomena to American Sniper. There's an extremely easy way to do uh, this. I'm probably not going to get that. You're not. <laughs> your, ti your timer starts now. Okay, Philomena is... I'm not going to go the other way like you do. Yeah. American Sniper is directed by Clint. Yeah. Clint did Unforgiven with... Morgan Freeman. Okay. Is Morgan Freeman in Red? The, the That movie with all the old people? Yeah. I believe he is, yeah. Because if he is, then so is Helen Mirren, who was in The Queen, and both of those are directed by Stephen Frears. Then there you go. You did it. Yeah. It's not how I did it. Okay. Um, you did that in 30 seconds, so good job. Yeah. Do you want to know how I did I it? I would, yeah. Okay, so Stephen Frears directed Philomena. Yeah. 
he also directed an episode of The Loudest Voice. <laughs> never going to get that. Did you watch The Loudest Voice? What is The Loudest Voice? It's the television miniseries about Roger Ailes, where no. Russell Crowe plays Russell Ailes. Oh, no, I didn't. So that also stars Sienna Miller. She plays Roger Ailes' oh, okay. wife. Yeah. And uh, she is in American Sniper. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. There you okay, go. Okay, there you go. Yeah. I was never... <laughs> Uh, the, no, what, The Loudest Voice is very good. Is very good? Yes, it's mm-hmm. not Bombshell. <laughs> I didn't hate Bombshell. I didn't hate Bombshell, but Bombshell is like a really uh, Adam McKay way of looking at that scandal, scenario, yeah. that scenario. The Loudest Voice really looks at like, looks at the, it's the more educated viewpoint. And Russell Crowe plays Roger Ailes? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Much better than John Letgo. Yeah, John Letgo wasn't very good in that. <laughs> Well, nobody. Well, nobody's like spectacular in that. There's some good performances. Charlize, I'll give her for Megyn Kelly. Yeah. yeah. yeah Megyn Mark- Kelly is not featured in The Loudest Voice. Oh, at all? She, I don't think it, I can't remember exactly. It's more, um, uh, what's her face? The one Nicole Kidman plays. Yeah. And in The Loudest Voice, it's played by Naomi Watts, her best friend. Oh, and her lookalike. <laughs> they don't look alike. They're just, Me thought they look alike. No, they're just two Australian gals. Who, who look alike. Megyn Kelly is not featured in it because it does uh, focus more on um, Gretchen Carlson. Gretchen Carlson. Yeah. And not the maid of character, Margot Robbie played. No. Okay. No, well, that that's completely fictional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's made up. She's meant to be an amalgamation. <laughs> yes. Mita, what are we watching next week? Next week, Nadim. Yes. We're watching the 2015 Best Picture yes. winner. Another Michael Keaton film. Yes. Spotlight. Spotlight. So I guess like Birdman was... Uh, it helped. It helped, yeah. It did exactly what it was meant to do. There you go. What a time. MK. Another laugh ride of a film. Yes, like, hilarious. back-to-back comedies here. The Priest in Spotlight. Yeah. Actually, hilarious. If you think about it, it's a lot of serious films for a very long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. For like a few years. There you go. Oops. But that's for next week. <laughs> yeah. Mita, do you have any parting words for us? I do. Yeah. <clears throat> you're not an actor. You're a celebrity. Who is the actress who plays the I have no idea. I feel you like really I've seen like her. her. You're like in love with her? Do I? I don't know. Why would I love her? <laughs> I think you really liked her. No. And the way she delivered that line. No, she's a bitch. Oh, so there you go. You think she's a good actress? Yeah. <laughs> What's the critic's name? Also, totally forgot Zach Galifianakis. Is yes, totally <laughs> forgot Zach Galifianakis is in this. Merritt Weaver is in this? In which? <laughs> in Birdman. Tabitha is played by Lindsay Duncan, who is the mom in About Time. Oh, she's in Under the Tuscan Sun. Oh, she's Catherine in Under the Tuscan Sun. Oh, I feel like I've seen her, but I don't. I thought and she was someone else. Have you seen the Chris Evans movie Gifted? I haven't. Okay, you would hate it. Anyways, Mita. Anyways, Anyways, listeners, while Mita goes through this list. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for the deeply pious... Spotlight. Spotlight. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our letterbox at movies, the number two, watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.